0: Welcome to Walk Around the Block, where today we've got a town for sale and an unknown number. Hello, hello, hello. Okay, so we are mostly back on schedule, although really, I don't even know what that means anymore. We are teetering on full Christmas mode around here lately, and I feel like that is a little aggressive before November 15th. I mean, I know it's a big debate, but I'm just putting it out there. Target has these really cute mini Christmas rolling pins this year for like $5. Sold out at my store. We were there a couple weeks ago, and they had these cute mini Christmas trees they just put out, and I told my husband, it doesn't matter that it's like October 28th or whatever. These will be gone in no time. Sure enough, I went back a few days later and like half of them were gone. So my street is like divided in half. Several of the neighbors on the other side of the street are in full Christmas mode. My side of the street is holding firm with the fall theme, but across the street, we've got lights and trees and Christmas. I feel like people are heavily influenced by what the person next to them is doing. It's kind of funny to watch. One house puts up lights or something, and then a day or two later, you see the wreaths go out or something next door. I have to say, we are pretty consistently Thanksgiving weekend people for that kind of thing. It just feels like the thing to do. I broke it down for my husband today. I was like, I feel like you have Thanksgiving. Then maybe Friday is like leftovers and lounging and shopping. And then Saturday, you haul out the boxes. I did say, you know, I could see next weekend maybe. And he was like, no, no. <laughs> So we'll see how long we can wait it out. The gift guides are out in full force. It was like all at once. I was seeing them everywhere. I do like the idea of them. I'm always looking for ideas and I have found some good ones over the years. I feel like they do get a little repetitive on social media. Everyone puts a lot of the same things, So the novelty disappears fast. But I will say that my pasta pot was one of Oprah's favorite things several years ago and we still use it once a week. So you never know. Okay, so in addition to a million gift guides, I have read some interesting articles lately. This week, of course, was the end of daylight saving time. I prefer savings, but I guess I guess technically it is saving. I feel like it was actually longer ago. I feel like it changed like months ago. <laughs> this is always such a thing. I do like the extra hour. I feel like around this time of year, I am really ready for an extra hour of sleep. But then the fact that it's dark at like 4.45 in the afternoon makes me tired. So it's probably a wash there. I told my husband, I was driving around running errands earlier this week and yawned so aggressively, I felt like I pulled something in my jaw. (laughs) Legitimately. I was like gingerly moving it around like, is everything still attached and in one piece? Of course, there was the obligatory daylight saving could destroy your health headline, which I did not read. I don't remember if the exact word was destroy, but it was something like that. And I thought that was a little dramatic. <laughs> when I was getting up at 3 a.m. for work, I would eat stories like that up all about the catastrophic effects of not getting enough sleep, which, you know, probably didn't help. <laughs> but, but I saw that and I was like, I am not going back to the well on that one over an hour. I did read one article though about the whole, should we go to daily saving time permanently thing? It made this great point that businesses love daylight saving time because it makes them a ton more money. They have this quote from a professor from a few years ago. He had said, what we don't tend to know as Americans is that the biggest lobby on behalf of daylight saving since 1915 in this country and to this very day is the Chamber of Commerce. They understood something very early on. If you give workers daylight when they leave their jobs, they are much more apt to stop and shop on their way home. I would say I had never really thought of it that way either, but that is 1,000% true. I mean, a thousand. If you're in an office all day and it's light out when you leave, you think of reasons to stay out. If it's dark, you just want to go home and get under a blanket. They also said it's great for the golf industry. Back in the 80s, they had congressional hearings on daylight saving time, and they said then that one extra month of daylight saving time was worth An additional $200 million for the golf industry. The barbecue industry (laughs) said it was worth an extra $100 million, which makes total sense to me because I am not about to be out grilling in the dark with the bugs and who knows what else. And you know, of course, the candy industry said it was great for Halloween. Extra daylight meant more time out trick-or-treating. I don't mind the clocks changing, but I have always said I would rather have an hour of light at 6 p.m. than 6 a.m., and I have not changed my stance on that. In the meantime, I will get under my blanket and stick to online shopping and curbside pickup until March. It's fine. (laughs) Uh, What else? A few weeks ago, I read an article about a town for sale about an hour south of Nashville, Water Valley, Tennessee. List price, $725,000, which, you know, when you consider you're buying a town, even a town in air quotes, it's, you know, it's not the worst price. Okay, so here are the details. It's a tiny town from the early 1900s. When they say, when they say tiny, they mean it. It's seven acres, four stores, a barn, a house, and a creek, all kind of along this road. The current owners are members of a family who I guess weren't able to restore it the way they wanted to, but they want all the buildings to stay. They don't want it to become a movie or TV set. They basically want it brought back to what it used to be, or I guess at least the spirit of what it used to be. The real estate agent suggested making it an antiques destination or some kind of music venue or maybe mini music venues, which makes sense. Or a wedding destination, which actually is probably a great idea. It seems very picturesque there. I could see that doing really well. I tried to punch it in on Zillow, and it doesn't come up. I guess towns, air quote, (laughs) are not really listed the same way as houses. I do have questions about the logistics of this, like practically, A lot of questions, actually. (laughs) However, I feel like this is practically made for either a Hallmark movie or an HGTV or possibly Magnolia Network series. If I had $725,000 laying around, I feel like I might be tempted. I'm not really sure what my plan would be for it, but I was like, I feel like I could come up with something. Then I thought about what it would actually entail and the fact that I feel like painting a wall is a semi-major home improvement project. And I was like, well, maybe maybe it wouldn't be for me, but it is definitely for someone. I mean, I really do half expect to see this on HGTV in like 18 months. It's still for sale in case you're in the market. <laughs> uh, this isn't an article, but this is something that I saw and promptly made. Of course, it's from my favorite treat blogger, Shelly Jaronsky. She posted it, and I think I made them like the next day. They're salted honey, chewy pumpkin cookies. Part of the appeal is that you can mix the whole thing up in a pot on your stove. You don't even have to use a hand mixer. So you mix them up, put them in the oven, <laughs> and then she's like, You have to drop the cookie sheet on the stove a few times after you take them out. Like, let it slam down to flatten the cookies out. It's a little intense. (laughs) It's loud. I warned my husband ahead of time, and he still came in and was like, what is going on? (laughs) But it does work. I did not break anything. And these are great fall cookies. Make them quick before the Christmas decorations all go up. Okay, this one is great. I think I saw it on Apple News, so I don't remember where it came from, but this is the headline from one version of the story. Hiker lost for 24 hours, ignored rescuers' calls because, quote, they didn't recognize the number. <laughs> I mean, I would like to say that this is ridiculous, but I could also acknowledge that it is 100, 200, 11,000% possible. This would be me. Who wants to deal with a telemarketer when you're lost in the woods? <laughs> I mean, of course it is ridiculous, but I can relate. Also, it reminded me of this story. When we were moving, I think my husband was here for like five weeks while I stayed back to finish up work, do the house selling stuff, etc. One night while he was gone, I, man- I managed to lock myself out of the house. I leaned out the front door to empty out the dehumidifier from the basement and like slam. The whole thing was because of the realtor lockbox. I knew I had to be careful, but apparently I was not careful enough. Normally, I would just go through the garage, but I had very responsibly locked the door from the garage to the house. Uh, no spare key under any rocks, etc. And it was like nighttime. It was like 8.30 or something. Thankfully, I think I had flip-flops on, but I had nothing else. No phone, no car key, no wallet. So I'm like, okay, (laughs) what's the strategy here? Uh, My car has a code on the door, and I was a little tempted to just sleep in the car, (laughs) deal with it in the morning. But I was like, it's going to be the same thing then. I just need to figure this out. So I try prying the lockbox open. It's clear pretty quickly that that's not going to work. So I walk up to my neighbor's house. It was this retired couple and knock on the door. You know, it's a whole thing. (laughs) They were watching TV, but it kind of shut it down for the night. They've got to, you know, flip all the lights on, the whole thing. I'm like, hi. hi." (laughs) You know, like, hey, can I use your phone? I locked myself out. She brings me the phone, and I dial my husband's number, and he doesn't answer. I dial again, no answer. I think I called three times in a row, and he would not pick up. (laughs) She's like, do you want to try email? (laughs) On the fourth on the fourth one, fifth try, who knows? One of them. At some point, I got a hold of him. I feel like I left him this message through gritted teeth, like, I need you to call me back on this number. <laughs> but then I also have some sort of vague recollection that he might have answered on, like, the fourth ring one of the times. I don't remember. Either way, I finally get a hold of him. And I'm like, you need to get a hold of our real estate agent and see how I can get into the house. She was like at a concert, a wedding, I don't know, something. But she got someone to do it, and at like 9.30 or 10 o'clock, I got it back in. But afterward, I was like, you know, just for the record, when you get a call from a number several times in a row, maybe you should pick it up. (laughs) He had some excuse. I don't know. Maybe I should have him buy me a town to make up for it. All right, that's it for today's walk around the block. Follow the podcast on Instagram at WalkTheBlockPod. Subscribe or follow on Stitcher or Apple or Google Podcasts and leave a review if you feel so inclined. Thank you to all who have left reviews already and I will see you next week.